Good morning and welcome to the Live and Breathe Horse Racing Group podcast. A Sunday, a very cold Sunday where I'm at and that is uh, Cincinnati, Ohio waiting for the first home opener of the MLS uh, FC Cincinnati team that begins play this year. But that's a whole different podcast and that's somewhere else in the stratosphere and iCloud and all that. Um, what we want to talk about today, we're going to talk about the handicapping session today is going to talk about race replays. And the reason why I'm going to go about talking about race replays, it's it become a very, very big thing when it comes to how you might want to handicap, whether you're a novice or a beginner or a seasoned pro or a veteran or a professional, um, I think it's really important to go back and look at race replays. Then the second part of this, we will be discussing the Oakland Park card from yesterday with both running to the Rebel, the Essex, and the Azari, and go with uh, what everybody may want to look at as far as that's concerned and moving forward. Now, uh, with that said, let's just get right into it and let's talk about race replays. The race replays has become a bigger and bigger part of handicapping as far as what's one of the tools you can use. Now, some people do it differently. Some people will um, handicap a race, and if they have a DRF formulator or stats race lens, uh, they will go back or they will go back and they will look at the races. Or if they have Twin Spires or TVG, they can go back and look at the races based on the dates. Um, so that's a positive thing as far as the technology is concerned, and I'm sure everybody looks at the races differently and spends a certain amount of time. Now, personally, for me, I will look at race replays probably right after the day is done and look at every single race on that day to see whether or not there was a bias that was starting to take shape when it came to the races and um, decide whether or not that effort was better or worse in terms of in terms of how the bias was, I may look at certain things that are a little different as far as did a horse lug in, did the horse lug out, um, was it because of the the urging of the rider, was it because he wasn't changing leads, um, was a horse blocked, where was he blocked? Sometimes the DRF and the Equibase and BreezeNet and all of the past performances may not provide the whole story. Sometimes they say stumbled out of the gate. Well, um, a horse stumbles out of the gate or, or is last on the break may be one of those horses that just that just doesn't pay attention early um, or has got a little ADD going in on him and uh, just missed the break. But it doesn't mean he didn't run a good race. It may mean that he's just not in the right spot. And um, there are those that actually, when they miss the break, it's by design because they need to be in the back of the pack and and settle into a race. Uh, but the ra- the way you look at race replays helps you decide whether or not a horse is a value of some other spot. Um, for instance, uh, we'll take a horse like uh, You Can Thank Me Later, who, if you go back into his past performances and you look at and see um, 
how he ran in previous efforts, you could tell that this horse was probably sitting on a good race yesterday um, based on the fact that the last time he ran at a mile and a half or further, uh, he won. And also the way the, the barn was getting him fit for this race was basically running him in races and, and just letting him make certain moves during the race. And um, that that basically are things that you need to look at when you're looking at race replays is, is this barn intending to, to make this the race they want to win? Are they pointing for something else? Are they not pointing for something else? Are they looking to find a spot for this horse because he's not really... He's not really fit or ready to go. Um, maybe they're trying not to lose him early on because they need to make their money back based on what they did to him uh, during a break. Uh, these are all things you need to take into consideration as far as as far as how the race replays are are being looked at. Um, you know, the other thing that that people don't understand when it comes to um, being able to look at a DRF form or any sort of form is a horse. Basically, uh, there's only certain spots where um, the chart maker makes their decisions on what has occurred on the racetrack. It's usually at every single quarter pole. So if, say, you have a horse like Mia Farah who's a speedball coming out of the gate and for you and goes 21 and change 43 and change and you have a horse like you and i that goes 22 and change 45 and change but all of a sudden is up on the front end of the lead with mia farah then you have to understand that two things are occurring one you know you and i is running a huge race and two, Mia Farah's getting headed, which was something that never occurred. So you have to look at it that way as far as, okay, well, you know, usually she's up by two. Here she's headed. Here she backs up. And you and I backed up. But who actually had the best race? And does that kind of go with the thought process of maybe Mia Farah needs the lead on her own? Or does you and I need the lead by himself? Or does he like to be headed? Or was a fit pace too fast for him? These are things that you have to look at because sometimes a horse may be two links behind at the quarter, but at the three-eighths pole, he may be heading him at the, top, at the three-eighths pole, but you won't see that. And then all of a sudden at the quarter, he's back two, and then he's on the lead again in the stretch. And they take the stretch at the eighth pole. So... You have to understand um, all that information when it comes to it. Uh, now, the one negative about it is so many people are using it now as far as the race replays are concerned that you get a certain um, change in odds because everybody's probably seen the same situation and the same trouble that is encountered and will take a horse like Entre Encore who um, was on our stable male and first time she came out she ran huge was bottled up inside got stuck down on the rail and finished third and didn't do anything else or finished fourth second time out she missed the break and just ran around the racetrack looked like she was going to get to the front and then stopped and then this third time 
new rider change, dropping class, gets a perfect trip, gets to the outside, and hangs. So now, based on three races, we have finally deduced that this filly just doesn't want to win and uh, probably not worth six to five. Now, if she's 10 to one and running at, ten, at the main tens, then she probably offers value and I'll probably play her. But um, other than that, probably not. We'll have more as far as the, um, the race replays. But really, I want to talk a little bit about the races that occurred yesterday because I've only got like uh, maybe five to ten more minutes, depending on how long you want this podcast to go. And so uh, we'll discuss more on race replays beginning um, Tuesday. Um, I'm driving today and tomorrow back home to California. So or not California to Houston. And that takes about 15 hours to do now. The one thing that you want to discuss here as far as the Oakland Park, let's discuss the Rebel because that that has a lot of indicators as far as the three-year-old campaign is concerned. Obviously, um, in the first Rebel, long-range Toddy won the race and uh, second was improbable. Now, both ran big races. I wasn't as impressed with improbable because he had every opportunity to win the race and uh, basically didn't win it and but you have to give credit to John Court and what Steve Asmussen did with long range toddy on two parts the first one if you go back and you look and here we go with the replays if you go back and look at long range toddy's last two races he's been stuck on the inside the first one he was making the first one was in the one turn mile which has a short which has a short stretch um, for Oaklawn Park and he was making up ground and just couldn't get to the winners because Gray attempt just was much the best. In the second race, um, in the second race, he was closer to the lead than he normally was earlier in his career, um, settled in and still ran a good good race if you look at it if you look back on the replays, but he was still again stuck on the inside today or yesterday he was stuck on the inside settled in and instead of going with the leaders at the top of the stretch what John Court did was he actually took him back a little bit gave him about a sixteenth of a mile to just kind of catch his breath moved him out to the outside and made a huge run on the leader which was improbable and beat him that was incredible. That was awesome. That was a great race. Um, so we look at that one. Now we go to the Rebel, the second one, and everyone is going to talk about Game Winner and how Game Winner narrowly lost. But, you know, there are a lot of things that you can take apart, and I think somebody said it best that Mike Smith ended up having uh, Omaha Beach eyeball Game Winner, and that could be such a big mental thing to horses. Um when they get eyeballed, especially if they've never been beaten before. And the fact that Omaha Beach was able to get the head bob on game winner says a lot about Omaha Beach, but at the same time, it says a lot about game winner because he still was tough down the lane. Now, I want to see going forward whether or not the mental spot of game winner um, is still the same where he thinks that he can beat everything. 
uh, because if Omaha Beach and him end up next to each other or close in stalls when it comes to Arkansas Derby time, I think that's going to be a huge, huge difference as far as how I'm going to bet the race. And honestly, I don't think long. I, I like long range Toddy, but I think he's an he he caught the best possible scenario yesterday with the split and the rebel. Um, I would not have bet him if he was in the race with all those other horses. Um, I still would have played Omaha Beach though, uh, but as far as long range Toddy, I think he might be just the sliver behind everybody else. Now, if he wins the Arkansas Derby, I may change that thought process, but we'll see. And as far as the Essex, that was a great race. I think all three of the fillies that were, were in there that 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 garnered the attention, Shamrock Rose, Midnight Bisu, and um, Elate all ran the races. Uh, Shamrock Rose, that's the first time she stretched out since Canada and more than likely needed to go, you know, two turns for the first time in a while. Um, Elate, quite honestly, I'm going to say she probably needed the race. 203 days out is a long time in between races. Um, and I want to see how she comes out of it and see if she still shows that same body language and good body language. And I mentioned on our, on the With the Works Situ on the with the works um, analysis for Oakland Park. I mentioned that Midnight Bisu just looks like a different horse than she did as a three year old. She's a lot more muscle now. She's a lot stronger. She looks more mature than she did as a three year old, and she just looks the part. And I think she's gonna she's gonna be really really tough when it comes to um, going forward against older fillies. And uh, we'll talk about the Essex really quick because Rated R Superstar, you know, Kenny McPeak had this horse um, and he always thought highly of him and ran, and he always ran well, but he never ran past what what people would consider a high level. And he dropped him in to get a, to get a win and he lost him to Cipriano Contreras. And Cipriano's done everything right by this horse and he's allowed him to mature and he's allowed him to get himself to a position where he's starting to win races. And the only reason why I didn't play him yesterday, in fact, I had him on the sheets and I ended up turning around and not using him because I just did not like the jockey change from Prescott to Walter De La Cruz. And um, I was wrong. And I've been wrong before, and I will say I was wrong a countless number of times. But that was a perfect race for Rated R Superstar. The fact that they had him closer up made a big difference in the way he runs. And he got the best of everybody down the lane. So, um, Snapper Sinclair, I always thought was a turf horse. He's showing that he's multidimensional and can run on dirt. So, you know, come, come uh, you know, um, the Oakland Handicap. I think that's going to be a big race for all of them. Um, whether or not it takes anything out of them, we'll see how they come back. If they come back and, and drill within the next seven days, I'll be happy um, with that. But all in all, it was a great day uh, in racing in Oakland Park. Big crowds, but of course, um, for you that do not know about Oakland Park, it is free to get in. So that's awesome part of it. And with that, we will see you on Tuesday. It's been great as usual to speak with you. Again, we are now on Spotify. We are on Pocket Casts. 
Uh, we are looking for people to actually listen because, you know, I'm doing this for, for the live and breathe horse racing group. So you guys need to listen and see whatever you guys need. What do you guys want? If you guys want uh, a certain aspect of handicapping discussed, I will discuss it on this podcast. I will not go around and not do it. Now, somebody asked about the computer the computer programs. I'm going to get to that. Um, I've got to do some research on it and see which one's best. And um, I got to do it on a day where or got to do it on a week where I'm not running around doing 55 different things. So um, give me a couple weeks to get that done. And that will be a podcast. And in the meantime, on Tuesday, we are going to discuss some of the conditions that are in the racing book and in a in a condition book and on the racetrack and not on the racetrack, but um, as far as um, the conditions that you have to play when it comes to what's on the form as far as uh, what type of race it is. So um, we will discuss all that in our next podcast. Hope you had fun listening to it. I enjoy doing it. And if you want to uh, listen to me a little bit later on today, I will be on um, a Boston show uh, giving out a pick for Oakland Park today or Gulfstream, depending on uh, how I feel about the cards. But please go ahead and listen into this. And if you do, um, I will start giving out one pick per day on when we do the podcast. So... Uh, listen in and uh, rate, review, tell me what you think, tell me what I need to change. I'm okay with all that and have a great day.